0: Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle.
1: Welcome to the 78th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. But it's not only players, it's caretaker managers, assistant managers, coaches, the lot. And we're very lucky to be joined today by John Ward, who was at the club between 98 and 2003 and was caretaker manager uh, for four games, four very successful games in 2000 to 2001. John, how are you, my friend? I'm absolutely fine, thank you very much. Nice to speak to you. I'm very well. Yeah, oh, John. Well, listen. Thank you for agreeing agreeing to this. I really appreciate it. I've actually got the builders in, as I told you yesterday. So you might hear some drills and hammers in the background. So, um, yeah, that's my life at the minute. But we're not here to talk about my life, John. We are here to talk about yours in 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 football. So if you can just um, really give me a, a synopsis on your your playing career, because I believe Graham Taylor was a was a, a part of that and a, a big influence on it.
0: Yes, he was Jason. Yeah, I, I, I was. I was. I'm a Lincoln boy. So I'm from Lincoln, um, and came through the, the sort of ranks there. I got asked a, as a local as a local player playing in Sunday League. Would I join Lincoln City? Play some reserve games, which I did. No contracts, etc. Uh, and then they finally did offer me a contract. So I got, I got a year's chance when i was 19 so i didn't sort of come through the the, the young pieces of it when i was a so sort of a young boy i came in as a pro and uh, and got myself a contract and realized i had to work hard to <laughs> to keep that coming back and and so it did and and when they took me in on my first sort of morning or i they said there's your peg and it was next to uh, the, the club captain it was graham taylor so the, the the rest is kind of history i got to know graham very well he was very helpful to me and then over the, the years after playing together etc we, we stayed together as as a coaching pair really as uh, working at different clubs and, and and some people know more about Graham but I, I was pretty much on, on the back of that with his cup final etc at Watford which was fantastic times and then after sort of 10 years of working together with him when I got to the age of 40 I went into management myself and and managed to to put down something like seven hundred and sixty four games as a, as a as a football league manager at different clubs and stuff. So my my, my, back, my whole life, sort of looking back, has been about football. And, uh, and unfortunately, I'm married to the same lady. i married right at the beginning, so she's been extremely helpful to me in uh-huh. in more ways than one and put up with me, which is brilliant.
1: Oh, John, that's a lovely story. And, and listen, <laughs> you know, uh, make no mistake, as a forward. You've scored, I believe, over a hundred well, hundred league goals in two hundred and eighty two yeah. league appearances. So that's a that's a better ratio than one in three. That must be something you're very proud of.
0: Yeah, very proud of it, and um, very pleased with it. It was, yeah, I was described as a bit of a, a, a workhorse type player. I played lower leagues. I managed to get two years at Watford in, the, in what is now the Championship, and, and and get myself half a dozen goals at that level, which gave me as much pleasure as as the others playing at Lincoln City in in, in leagues three and four as they were then. Yes. So it was. It was. and you know, I managed to get those games. I, I went finished off as an understudy to Luther Blissett and Ross Jenkins, who were Fripping excellent heck. players at that yeah. level at that time. And, uh, and as I say, I, I managed to pick up half a dozen goals in those two years to make my, my tally exactly one hundred in the league, which I'm, I'm very proud
1: of. Oh, most certainly. Was it actually Graham Taylor that took you to Watford then, John? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, because he'd, he'd gone from, as I say, as manager from Lincoln, etc.
0: And, and I'd, I'd, I was playing and Graham, Graham took me down there as a player for two years. Uh, and then he, then he gave me a free transfer and let me go. Good of him. Uh, the, but, well, no, I understand that because he, yes. he signed a lad called John Barnes. who people <laughs> don't know <about>. Oh, right. <laughs> who managed to go and play for Liverpool and 80-odd times for England. So I kind yes. of understand that more now when I look at it. I, I didn't do any of those two things. So it was it was a pretty good signing. Uh, and then I had a year uh, in, in, at Grimsby Town. Yeah. And then went, I had one game back at Lincoln, which I was able to do, which I was really pleased about. Full circle. Sort of fin- Finished my playing career, yeah. And then down to Watford in 1982. Uh, As as assistant manager with with Graham in charge, so yeah,
1: but as you say, a full circle of things, but uh, a lot going on in between. And and just as a side note, as a as a forward and striker yourself, when you were setting up teams for games, was that more your game plan? Being a striker, was was you more of an attacking manager? Because I know some some (laughs) managers are defenders and goalkeepers, and they tend to be quite defensive.
0: Yeah, well, I I once caught one of my forwards, if you like, a guy called Marcus Stewart, who people might know about, was at Bristol Rovers. Um, saying to people, oh, he's a bit boring. Our manager, he does a lot of defensive work, oh. <laughs> and, and he was my forward. Yeah, it's okay. He wasn't. He wasn't offensive or anything like that. He, he kind of did apologize. I said, no, that's fine, because it was a it was after a game. I think where the opposition they had a player sent off, and, and I still stuck with my, my sort of tight four midfield and stuff like that, and we, we managed to win it three one. And he wanted to win it five one, being an attacker, and I kind of <laughs> understood that. I get that. He, wanted, yes. he thought there was a chance of goals. And, and I, I caught him saying it to somebody else, but I, I wasn't offended. I, but no, I was. I think I was cautious. Um, I did a lot of defending work and uh, at one or two clubs to, to get because I, I often got jobs where the, the team was struggling a wee bit, so we needed to stop up conceding goals, and that was kind of my first shout. But, but yeah, very much in, in, enjoyed taking the forwards, if you like, or the forward part of the game more, more than defending. But yes. had to be
1: done. Yeah. now we spoke about Graham Taylor obviously Graham Taylor managed Wolves in, in the, the mid 90s me, I yeah. mean was was there any chance for you to come to Wolves then because I know you was at Aston Villa um, with him and then he got the England job and you continued to work at Villa under I think it was Dr. Josie Fengloss and Ron Atkinson yes. but was there a chance of you ever coming to Wolves back then because I thought before I did my research I thought it was Graham Taylor that brought you to the club but it was actually Colin Lee so Um, yeah. Yeah, was there a chance for you to come to the club back then?
0: No, because I was I was managing myself then. As I yes. say, I got to to that part where the bright uh, the nineteen ninety, where I, I got a job at York City, and uh, as, as a manager, I'd, I'd made that decision. I'd done ten years as a coach and assistant manager, where I'd learned an almighty mass of things of, of, of how to how to run a football club. I felt, and and then I I went into a job at York City. I got that job as a as a manager on my own with one one assistant manager, one coach, and one physio, and that was it. Three of us. Yeah, and. Uh, and, and so it was like, yeah, right. I've got to get on with this and work hard at it. So I, I learned a lot and tried to put those things into, into my my sort of job on my own, and uh, made made a number of mistakes at York City. Managed to stay on and. The second year we, we we or the club managed to go and get itself promoted, so we it it, it started off started off in a bit of a, a ragged way my my management career, but the second year was was a stronger one and, and managed to get me a move to Bristol Rovers so it was yeah it was, it, I was I was on my own then not not with Graham
1: yeah and, and you're one of the few managers which has managed both Bristol Rovers and Bristol City so yeah. you know which side of Bristol are you most uh, welcome on, John.
0: Uh, i think i'm okay in both um yeah. it, depends, it depends where and why i'm down there i i i managed, I, I wondered that because I, I managed bristol rovers first and then had a year away i was assistant manager at burnley with adrian heath as it yes. happens and uh, and then Went back to City uh, and was sort of introduced to the crowd on my first day, which I think was Gillingham at home, and uh, I was in the in the loc in the bar at the football club and received a few boos (laughs) because I managed the, the, the other team in the city, but. We, we we then we then had five games without defeat, and I think that all got forgotten, and we got in, we got in the playoffs at that time as well. So it was it, it kind of got forgotten when when they realised I was not not quite as bad as they thought.
1: That's it. That's it. I mean, listen, football fans are fickle, notoriously, but you start putting results on the board, and they forget any allegiances very quickly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so. They, they were okay. Back, back to sort of Graham Tower Obviously, manage walls. But what, what yeah. was, what was Graham like as a person and as a manager? Because I know, obviously, you worked very closely with him, and you know, yeah. for, for football, what a fantastic career he had.
0: Yeah, well, I, I went down to Graham as I say in nineteen eighty two and to, to Watford, and uh, he took me into his house and and went we went up into his loft and sat in his loft for gone goodness i was gone four hours yeah showing me information he'd got papers he'd got why he did what he did what he did who he did it with and 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 i was absolutely out of my brains with it i thought wow i never realized this you know we i was i'd just been a player on the receiving end of of his information and his coaching um, and then I find out that there was far more to it I think he got a I think he got his full badge you know when he was like 19 mm, uh, a very yeah. young man getting a, getting a qualification so he was always thinking of being a, a, a coach and a manager but his information sheets were absolutely mind-boggling to me and I, I went wow now I know why i am done this and why I did that and why he asked us to do this etc at Lincoln and uh and from then on, I was, I was struck with it as, as not probably as, as much as he was, but as much as I could be. Thinking I, I've got so much I can learn here, yes. and, uh, and and so so I did. You know, my my first three years as, as assistant manager at Watford were. We we, we, came, uh, we came in the in the top league. We came second to to Liverpool, which was unheard of, which was unbelievable the first season, achievement, uh, which was incredible in itself. That that meant the second season we got into Europe. So we had six games in in Europe before we we we, we we fell at that. And then the the, the third year in '84, we got to the FA Cup final. So I, I I'll tell you what I tell everybody else. I, I should have packed up then because I'm not sure what else <laughs> we could get done, but. You know, my first three years, that was it. And But, but that was obviously down to Graham's the leader managing it. And, and But I had the insight to see how and why and, 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 and what he did to, to achieve those things. It was fantastic.
1: I mean, the, the frustrating thing when Graham did come to Wolves, it was on the back of the England job and he'd been hounded by the press. And he, uh, you know, he walked into the stadium and, listen, it was a great club. He was following in the footsteps of Graham Turner. There was a big job to do. There was a lot of money on the table. And I just think, really... For, for Wolves, it was the right manager at probably the wrong time because, you know, I know he'd done so much with the academy and, it, you know, he really did start developing yep. the club. But listen, the Haywards got trigger happy and got rid of him pretty. And I think if we'd have stuck with him that uh, in that era, I think we'd have got to the Premier League and it was just so frustrating.
0: Well, it, it, his his history suggested that you know that he could do those sort of things, and yes. and, it, and and it. And you've just raised a smile to my face really when you said, "Yeah, he did this and he did that." And Graham didn't just go in and coach the first team. Graham worked the whole football club. Yes, and, uh, and we. We did that at, uh, at Watford, and we did that at Lincoln. We, we used to go and s- go to other people's workplaces and, and 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 put ourselves as professional footballers into their shoes, if you like, and and go and see them instead of just waiting for them to come and see us on a Saturday afternoon. Yes, he was very much part of the locality wherever he worked and wherever he was, and and that is something I I tried to continue to do at the clubs I worked at, and, and it was, you know, it, it was really beneficial for 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 everybody. It was a, a brilliant learning curve, and. I I, I, I can't comment on his time at Wolves, but I understand what you're saying. You know, he, I, I'm not surprised you're saying he did. He went quite deep into the club and the and the environment of where he worked because that's
1: the sort of person he was. Yes, certainly. And like I said, if we'd have if we'd have stuck with Graham, I think we'd have, would have got to the Premier League. But that just wasn't meant to be. Now, in yeah. 1998, your association with Wolves began when it was Colin Lee uh, that gave you an yes. opportunity to be his assistant manager. Now, I've interviewed Colin on the podcast, and it was very interesting because. Mark McGee yeah. was manager, and that they'd always gone everywhere together. Then Mark McGee got the sack, but Colin Lee didn't. And I know Mark didn't take it particularly well. That Colin Lee followed in his footsteps and actually, you know, carried on with the job. But Colin was quite honest yeah. and open, John, and he said, "Listen, I had a mortgage. I, I couldn't just walk yes. away from the job, and they didn't want me to." Um, yeah. And on the back of that, John, uh, you-, you was brought to the club. So really, how did you hear about the move, and what was your relationship like with Colin Lee? Okay, right. At that time, I didn't know
0: Colin Lee, and Colin Lee didn't know me. Oh, right. Um, I, I was, I was unemployed. I was unemployed. I'd been to a game. I think it was Cardiff. I'd been to, to watch a game of football for another club and and, and throw some light on on that on that opposition. Um, and on my way back, I had a phone call from an agent who who said. Uh, that what had happened at Wolves it would be worth me giving Colin Lee a phone call and I said well, have you spoken to Colin he went no I just think it might be worth his shout because he's on his own and uh, and to be fair you've got a bit of, not bit of bit more sort of background to your football career than, than, than Colin has so he might need some help so I got his number and I rang him on that, that evening and realised he actually only lived a mile from where I lived <laughs> which right. quite incredible and um, we agreed to meet on the tuesday um at the football club we went to a game to watch a reserve game uh, and and got on very very well, and uh, Colin was saying, yeah. Why don't you come and get on with it? You know, I said, we haven't got a contract. We've got till the end of the season. That kind of thing. Um, he said, come and come and help me out, and uh, and and I did exactly that, which I I thoroughly enjoyed, and, and and I've got nothing but good things about my time at the club, and and Colin Colin and I got to know each other pretty well over that period of time, obviously because uh, we, you know we we helped each each other out through whatever we did,
1: and uh, and and it was it was a Good time. I thoroughly enjoyed being at Wolves. And 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 one of the disappointments, John, was obviously uh, there was the playoff defeat to, I believe, Norwich. I mean, as a, yeah. an assistant manager, when you get to the playoffs, listen, it's a great way to win a game, as, as you found out later in your career. But uh, it's also, a, 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 you know, a very very difficult, you know, a, yeah. a, a way to lose one after you've played all season. You get to the playoffs. It's it's one of the final hurdles, and there's just not enough to get you <laughs> over the line. How disappointing is that, John?
0: It's massively disappointing because you, you whether you whether you can control it or not, you kind of think of, of going to your, the, who you're going to play the next season. If you get promoted, I mean, fa- fancy that you're going to you're going to go. If you win that game or win that uh, that promotion playoff, you're going to go to Liverpool and Manchester United. And yeah. uh, and if you don't win it, you. you you're going to the same clubs that you were at this season. No disrespect to anybody or anything on that, but the the, the dream, if you like, of, of these massive games are, sort of disappear back and say, Oh, we're gonna go and play them again. And yeah. uh, and, and again, I'm not as again, I'm not being disrespectful yes. because I've done I've been able to do both. But yeah, so it so to, to lose to Norwich was a, a major disappointment equally as as was winning the game uh, in the in the playoff final was, was exciting enough to, to look forward to the other things. So yeah, the games like that it throws these things up for for a lot of us i I remember Sir Jack talking about taking the group to the Bahamas and things like that if we yeah. got promoted, and and and, and you know the, 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 those things sort of stick around you a little bit, and you go, gosh, we, we, it didn't happen for us, and and so the, 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 there is a there is a disappointment, but by the time you know it, you, you you're off again and
1: uh, and and playing in another season. You that's it, and it, and it obviously happens so quickly. And, and you mentioned Sir Jack Hayward. Listen, that's someone who. Plowed millions and millions of his own personal fortune into the club and it was so frustrating for him to obviously fail at the final hurdle um, you know as he did and you know it's just so frustrating because we're nearly there and every season we're almost favourites every year with the biggest spenders so what was your relationship like with with, with the Hayward family John?
0: I got on fine I mean Sir Jack was a nice man and was an absolute was a good man and he it surprised me every time he came across to this country and spent his time with us at the club because he lived at the club and he, he had a he had a flat at the top of the stand yeah. and he thought, well, someone likes Sir Jack, why hasn't he got a big house? You know, yeah. he got, but he was. He was very much involved in the football club and very much involved with with us. He, he he would he would send out for his pizzas at night, and if if he stayed in, someone would deliver it or he'd Brilliant. go and get what he'd walk down the road. He he was very much down to earth. I felt Sir Jack and when. When when we send uh, Adi Akinbaye, I remember you know we, we we were having sort of movements of, of, of forwards looking for a forward. Got Adi. In. I was involved in getting Akinbaye in, and he was saying, "Yeah, but he's not as good as so and so. He's not as good as that." And I said, "Well, he's scoring goals, Sir Jack. He's doing that." And and and, and we we finished up. I think selling uh, Adi yeah. to Leicester for a a, a, a bonus of five yeah. and five million and making a profit of about two million or something like that. I think it was. Um, and and even then, Sir Jack. Wouldn't, wouldn't have it that it, it wasn't as good as Robbie and I said that's fine <laughs> and, and all of those things but you know it it, it was banter more than any any criticism yeah. it was uh, it, it, I got on fine with him but I I wasn't the manager so I wasn't sort of answer to him I supported the manager but I I, I was able to have that that small sort of. Uh, sort of relationship with Sir Jack that, uh, that I enjoyed anyway
1: I mean you mentioned that particular player Adi Akinbaei now uh, listen as a Wolves fan growing up we love strikers at the club and Steve Ball just eclipsed everything that anyone had ever did going forward and going back yeah. and he was always difficult boots to fill but Adi Akinbaei come to the club I think it was about three three and a half million quid now at the yeah. time we're probably looking at it, oh, that's a lot of money, etc. But, wow, he hit the ground running. And he went to Leicester for 5000000 million, you're quite right. And he, sadly, it didn't work out for him there. But at Wolves, what a player he was.
0: Yeah, I thought so. I mean, you you judging your forwards like like Addy on on goals yes. scored, etc. And I think he was he was round about a goal every two games, and and probably wasn't as uh, as pretty to look at as Robbie. Robbie had yeah. the skills and the, and the tricks and stuff. Addy was quite Addy was. I thought Addy was like Steve Bull in a way yes. that he would he would. He would look beyond and behind defenders. He would run behind for you. It give defenders a problem. He'd turn he turned them. He 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 had he had the knack in front of goal. They could put ball in the net as well. And 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 both and both had a, that bit of pace and movement to, to say to, to disrupt str d- d- defenders. Um, Robbie Robbie Keane was a, was a Bit more, and no, this is no criticism of yeah. Steve Bull or Addy, but Robbie was a bit more cultured. He would do tricks yeah. and things, and I'd say, I'd say to Robbie, just don't, don't do a trick; just put the ball in the net. That's a yes. good trick. And he'd just sort of smile at me and go off and practice his tricks. So, but that was they were kind of different uh, types of talent. Those three guys, but I, I think, I think um, uh, the that, that Addy and uh, and and Steve Bull were very similar in the fact that they were that if they. If they scored one, they wanted to score two. If they had two shots and missed missed the chance to score, they would want a third shot. They weren't yes. frightened in front of goal. They wanted that, and
1: and both both wanted it in in in, in big layers as well. And, and do you know what? It, what's interesting? I looked at some of the players that, that that when you were there. I mean, it was almost like the crazy gang. All the characters: Eddie Akinboy, Kevin Muscat, Ludo Pollet, yeah. Tamori yeah. Ketsbayas, Sammy Aljabair. There was. Tony it yeah. Neil Emblem. there was just so many you know some really really skillful players um you yeah. anyway, know the, the the dressing room must have been very interesting John
0: yeah it it was and and, and in a it, get this right it, it kept me on my toes and and, and yeah. <laughs> kept me working every day which was brilliant because there there were things happened that you didn't sort of expect or didn't didn't see coming. you had to deal with it and 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 and, and also it was a I th- I also saw my job as an assistant manager as part of a protection for the for the, the yes. manager of the club, which was Colin, obviously, and uh, and, and and so if things happened, could I keep that away from him or deal with it before it gets that far to the manager? And yeah, there were incidents and situations, but there were they've been at all of my clubs and and wherever I've been, whether they're big name lads or you know lads lads working hard lower down the leagues, and and things happen in in, in there with with a group of guys and they they were fine as long as we got on saturday and and everything went as, as strong as you could do and and things like that you know i, I remember when we when we actually did get to the the playoff final, I said to Paul, did coming to have a look at the, the ground. He coming down and, and, and I can't say his reply when I'm t- talking to you, but you can imagine what the two words yeah. I got. And, and he was just interested in the game, wasn't yes. interested in looking at Cardiff City's ground and things like that. I went fine, and but he, that's how they were. They were intense of trying to get things right and and, and just dif- different characters. But the one key name they had was to try and do as well as possible when they played on a Saturday, which was fine by
1: me. Oh, 100%. There was some very, like I said, individually, there were some fantastic players at at, at the club at that time. Now, sadly, uh, or or maybe not so sadly, I don't know, uh, whichever way to look at it, uh, Colin Lee did uh, lose his job in December 2000. In steps John Ward. I mean, uh, really, I'm going to talk about your amazing record in a minute, John, but I, 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 I briefly said earlier about Mark McGee losing his job, Colin Lee jumping into yeah. his shoes you know and really you was then put into the exactly the same position Colin Lee was dismissed or sacked or yeah. whichever way you flower it up and you was caretaker yeah. manager how difficult yeah. is that when you've got such a great relationship with Colin to all of a sudden then be doing his job yeah
0: very difficult. It always is. We, we, we'd we been to a game in the afternoon, uh, Colin and I, and uh, he, he got a phone call on the way back. Uh, he was going to drop, I'd left my car, I think, at, uh, at Stoke, um, up on the motorway there, and uh, he, he dropped me off at my car. I said, I've, I've got a call to go into the ground. I'll give you a shout later. I said, OK, that's fine. Neither of us kind of picked up what what the, huh. the, uh, the, the meeting was going to be around. So... I drove home. He drove to Molyneux and rang me a little bit later in the day, saying that they they they, they sacked him. <sighs> I, I was in a, I was in the same position as you're saying to me that Colin was, previously when I was married with three children, got a <sighs> mortgage, all the same sort of things, and and and, and I'm thinking, well, well, that's me going out of a job. Then what's going to happen next? And yeah. and, and you know they they he said to me, I think they're going to ring you later, John, and ask you to to look after it until they're sorted. So. Said fine, you know, and I'll do what I've got to do, Um, and that's exactly what happened. I got a call saying, "Come and help us out." I'd I'd taken my bin, my bin liner in, and packed things away in the the office (laughs) ready to go. (laughs) I'd I'd already done that and tucked it in the corner uh, at the club, and uh, then got a shout saying, "John, we want you to just help us out with this." And I said, "Fine, whatever you know, whatever's required, you you, kind of do what you've got to do." And I, I had four games in charge, which was brilliant. The players were brilliant for me. We, we won three and lost one, and I think I said to you earlier that makes me the, the highest percentage football manager Wolves have ever had—a seventy-five percent win rate. So, do you know what? Yeah, but then, yeah, it went it went up to Christmas. Then when uh, when they,
1: they made changes, so yeah, it, good it certainly <laughs> does, John. So your record twenty third December uh, two thousand, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday away one nil win Kevin Muscat. So yeah. hit the ground running. Second game was Boxing Day, so probably a few sore ends but we lost one nil uh, at home to Preston. Then 30th of December, we played Stockport at home, won 3-2. Michael Branch, Adam Proudlock uh, and an own goal. And then yeah. Burnley was the last game, New Year's Day 2001. Um, we won 2-1, Lee Naylor and Adam Proudlock. So, you're quite right. Played 4-1-3, <coughs> lost 1. You know, listen, nine points... Um, I think Luno's record, his win record, is 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 now well, the second highest with fifty nine percent. You're at the top of the charts on 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 seventy five percent. But realistically, I mean, I'll throw this one out there. Played four, won three. Do you think? Hang on a sec. There, there's a, you know what? There's an outside chance. We haven't had a run like that all season. What you know? Yeah,
0: that's that, that's only my chart. Yeah, that's that's. I'm not I'm not top of any other charts. I think it's <laughs> that one I've made up myself, but yeah i i did actually ask um at the time uh, that I, uh, I i did actually ask could i have an interview for the yeah, job of course. because they weren't considering me and i got that and um, and prior to us tra- driving up to burnley over that christmas period uh, I, I, I i the interview i had was was just myself and rachel A O Flint. And that that was difficult because Rachel sat with my wife at every game uh, up, huh. up in the up in the directors area yes. and, and knew knew us pretty well. You know, went at the end of the games, I go up and collect Ali and my wife, and Rachel's often there and with the husband, obviously, and we 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 sat and had a chat. That, uh, I kind of knew then, with great respect to Rachel, who I, I, I liked him immensely, I knew that that wasn't really an interview for the job. That was just a, a yeah, a, you know, yeah we've, we've looked after that, John. There you Keep go. The box um, so I kind of came away from that with great respect, as I say, for Rachel's, knowing that, that I wasn't going to get the job just chatting to one director of a football club. Yes. So we went to Burnley. Um, my wife went to Burnley to watch the game and said to me afterwards she'd seen Jez talking to Dave Jones in the boardroom, oh. which kind of. <laughs> You know, it didn't, didn't take me much to put those two things together. No. So, it's fine. But I'm I'm okay with that. You know, that I I, I got massive respect for Rachel, by the way. So don't, that's no criticism of, of her course. whatsoever. She, um, so I'm just saying that that, that it, was, it, it was. I knew what was going on then, and that it was a case of right. What we're gonna? How are gonna work it?
1: And and obviously, Dave Jones comes in, and we'll will speak about the mm. you know the great work he did. But you. Stayed on, obviously, as assistant manager to Dave. What was your like, uh, relationship like with Dave, John? Fine, because Dave, Dave had made, made it clear to me, he said, look, I'm not bringing anybody in. Stay
0: on with it and get on with it. And I, so in a straight away that's, that's always a good shout Yes, um, because you, you kind of expect a manager to bring a couple of coaches in with him people he knows and trusts and, and what have you but he was he was happy to throw his trust in with myself and, and Terry Connor who was at the football club uh, at the same time so uh, that, that that was great by me and we, we I think we won the, the first game 1-0 as well didn't we when Dave came in and, uh, uh, oh, and, You're and, asking me and, now uh, John flipping probably yeah, and then we went on from
1: from there. So, absolutely fine. You know, We, we it, it was OK. And, and actually, back to your caretaker-manager role. When um, when you did like take over them four games, one three, they haven't been on a run like that all season. Do you think sometimes it's just a change of voice? Do you think all of a sudden yeah. the players have picked themselves up? It's just a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, well,
0: they're... they're yeah, they're they're playing for their own futures as well. Yes. I mean, they always do that. I, I understand that. But suddenly, there's a change, and there's going to be a, a change of view. And, and whether it would be me or whether it be somebody else, they they want to be in that team when when things settle down and, and get into a, a routine of things. So it it, it gives them. A, we we did make some changes, put some younger faces in there just to, to liven the, the the club up a bit because uh, Terry Connor, who I'd worked with, and he'd worked with a lot of the young players, and and getting them getting them. Through and on the edge, you mentioned Adam Proudlock in yes. there, and people like Michael Branch who probably didn't play regularly, but we we put them in there, and, and we got a we got a response from them, which was was brilliant. So it was then, like I say, a question of what you know what what happens next. But the the, the players were, were were fine with with me personally because I'd worked with them pretty much every day, and yes. and, and there wasn't really any big over, just just a different
1: voice from myself. Uh, and I think you mentioned another. Uh another manager coach there, Teddy Connor, now Teddy, once yeah. again, Mick McCarthy got sacked, Teddy Connor got given the reins, was ever happy to do in this, um, And but but what was Terry like to work with, because I know we had Terry on the podcast, very, very interesting, very knowledgeable man, um, mm. yeah, what, what, what was Terry like to work with? Well, I've known, I
0: knew Terry from my days at Bristol, of course, uh, yeah, when I was at, Bristol Rovers. I, I brought Terry. Terry worked with the um, with the the, the, the the sort of uh, outer area of the football club. But yes. I noticed in coaching, and I thought he's a good coach, and brought him into the football club, and he became assistant manager. I went when I went back to Bristol City. I took Terry into there with me. When I came up to Wolves, we 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 needed someone in the the reserve team department, looking after the youth or the young players. And Terry Connor came up. I introduced Terry into the club as well, which was which was great. So you know, Terry and I go back quite a while before that. And 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 and, and, and as I say, I managed to get him get him to come up to Wolves and, and go on from there. So he he was uh, he, he was a big part in getting those. Uh, young players uh, through Joel and Lescott, particularly I think we're talking in in, in a high way about about Terry Connor, the way he worked and how he encouraged him. So, you know, Terry was responsible for getting good
1: players into that team. Yes, he certainly was. So a lot of credit for for Terry Connor. Now, 26th of May, 2003. Surely, John, you can't forget this day. Listen, that that is my still, that is my favourite memory as a wall supporter. We went to Cardiff. Um, played Sheffield United 3-0 up at half time still didn't think we was going to win it because listen I've followed Wolves for years and it and it wasn't Matt Murray saved the penalty and I still thought Sheffield United are going to score four and then <laughs> Sir Jack put his thumbs up and then he told us we were up and you know been, I'm in tears and everyone grown men yeah. are crying what a day it, it it was it was a big big day obviously and I I um,
0: before I say anything else, I, I was the same as you. <laughs> I wasn't comfortable at 3-Up. I certainly wasn't comfortable when the I didn't want to hear that, John. <laughs> yeah, I... Went. Oh, crack! You know, not a penalty because uh, you know we, we we were a bit like that. We, we, yeah. In terms of that, you you kind of do. You get a bit worried, but but I thought the attitude of the team was brilliant. And and like I said earlier about my story about Paul Inson yes. who didn't want to go down in the morning and look at the pitch or the ground or anything. He just wanted to get on with the game. And and um, and I think we we got lots of experienced players in at yes. that time. Now they they'd had games. We'd, we'd we'd lost the one a year before. If you wanted a spur on. You know that that we that we didn't make it the year before. Now we've got this great chance. We're in the final. Come yeah. on, let's get on with it. And I and I thought then that they, the mood and the, the work round that the it with that I saw on the inside was was brilliant. I went down, you know, in the morning at 9:30 with the staff, one or two of the staff taking the kit and stuff like that and fitting up the dressing room ready for when the players arrived there. And the opposition guys came about 10 o'clock in the morning uh they walked out they'd stayed close to the, the stadium walked out on the pitch with cameras and oh. things like that saying oh look where we are today and oh. and, and you know we would got a group of players who as i say told me in no uncertain terms they didn't want to see the, the, the stadium until they got there to play they were there yeah. on business um and and i just went back with that situation just said oh, by the way lads we've just seen their boys taking photographs and brilliant and, and being there walking around in the morning and and if anything sort of not saying that spurred the boys on any but it it kind of confirms what what they'd said to me. We don't want to see the ground. We don't want to see this. We want to get on with the game. We're here on business, and 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 I think that was that was the mood of the team in the day, the two teams in the day a little bit, and and that, as you say, when we got three 0 up, that kind of hit them hit the opposition that we've got to try and get back in this, which is tough. Yes. So
1: so the mood about our team was brilliant, and and I, I spoke, I interviewed Dave Jones, and he, you know. Very similar, he said, look, our boys wanted to get on with it. And, you know, it's almost like the Sheffield United plays. It's a bit of a, a, you know, it's a massive occasion, Um, you know, and they're there almost like tourists. But there was so much experience in in the squad, obviously, Paul Butler. um, There was uh, Paul Ince, um, Dennis Irwin, um, and then Nathan Blake up top. And, you know, like I said, you're 3-0 up at half-time. Sparky scores that worldie in, you know, for early doors. And, you know, it was so, so, still so difficult to relax because after the penalty, it, <laughs> if they score the penalty, then all it takes yeah. is, you know, you're defending 3-2 and then you're in big trouble. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it was, I mean, John, I want to say thank you because you played a big part in that too. But what a day, uh, amazing. Yeah,
0: thanks. Yeah, we, we, well, we enjoyed it as much as everybody, obviously. We, but like you say, with the characters in our team came came through you know, and and, and, and were, it was what they wanted as well, which is obviously vital to, to, to get you there. And they they were going to give nothing away to to, to to anybody. If anybody took it away from us, they'd have to really really work hard to get it.
1: Yes. And
0: those those guys, you've said, because uh, I mean, that my little story about Paul Ince there is is the focus that was surrounded the group, not just Paul. Yes. You know, who just said, "No, I'm only here for one thing, and that's to win today." And that's that was where the mood came from. So. I, I can only talk, talk highly of the boys and highly of the,
1: the, the groups of the, of the way that they went about it. They were brilliant. Well, it's testament to that. I think when I spoke to Dave Jones, he said at half time, um, you know, you're 3-0 up. And he said, uh, he asked him, he said, right, you're going to go and do the job or do you want to do a bit of showboating? And I think I think Nathan Blake <laughs> wanted to do the showboating and everybody, yeah. everybody else shouted him down. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I can't actually remember that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I mean Blakey Blake, was a character, and he, he, probably, he probably didn't mean it. He yeah. wanted those medals as, as much as anybody's, and, and and but that that was our, our dressing room. It had characters who would say things like that sometimes oh no don't say that don't do that whether they mean it or not you know or or however they go about it and it it was a strong dressing room and uh and and as as I say they kept me on my toes pretty much every day of the week let alone match days and 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 getting things right for them so it was it it, it was it was meant and it was earned and,
1: and, and we did very well with it. And did, um, did Sir Jack fulfil his promise and take you all to the Bahamas, or did he sort of no. change his mind then? No, that was the year before. No, oh, I, didn't it. Right. I didn't mention
0: it. That was the year before when we got knocked out by Norwich. The, this, the, he didn't mention anything about this year, the, about the year that we, we got up. So I think he learnt his lesson as well, bless him.
1: Oh, absolute bless him, and what once again, what a day. And obviously Sir Jack, when he put yeah. his thumbs up, we knew we got over the line. Now, you've had a very long... An illustrious career in football, John. Um, I mean, you've you know, done so many jobs. I mean, I, I, I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> are, are you now... Re- yeah, oh, I don't mean that. Sorry, I don't mean you've had loads of jobs. No, in terms no, of... No, no, I don't.
0: It just sounded
1: funny when you said you had so many yeah. jobs. You oh, can't I... keep, can't keep one anyway. No, either. no, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. you didn't go
0: on. I'm
1: winding it. Oh, no, no problem. problem. Um, and, and, I mean, are you retired now? Are you still in football? Because I, I believe you've never worked out of football. Um. Yeah, what, what no. are you doing now, John? you <laughs> right
0: yeah i'm kind of officially retired but i'm doing quite a bit of work under the uh, lma t- uh, ladder yes. and uh, doing things with with uh, sort of referees looking at watching watching games tv games obviously because we haven't been able to get out yes. uh, and discussing things on referees and decisions and situations so I, i've got a it's not a permanent job it's it's something that i i i do because i want to do it and the lma is very strong in trying to improve situations with with with, with Sort of players and referees, obviously, and, and and for managers' benefits, really, of getting getting things as right as we can. So I, I, I'm supporting five or six younger managers. Um, I, I've done a mentoring course uh, and and can can help them, and, and I'm available for them on the phone, or especially when we get when we get back on the roads, I can go and see them uh, next season and things like that. So there's there's quite a bit still going on. Underneath all the games and every Saturday big match action and all of that, uh, there's a lot of looking after first time managers, which yes. we, you know we've all been. There's four or five of us doing that and uh, and, and and looking after these guys. So there's, I'm, I'm keeping busy. I'm um, I'm I'm slowing down in terms of that. I'm not to 24 24 seven, which man. I can't do anymore. You deserve it. Uh, but at the same. Well, thank you, but at the same time, you know, I'm 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 a granddad of six, so I've got Oof. to find time to see those kids, which is brilliant. And, yes. and 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 also, you know, bits and pieces like this, chatting to you, and people like yourself, and I really enjoy that chatting about what it was. And and then um, this afternoon, I'll be off. I'll be off looking
1: after my three-year-old. So that's good. That's life. For a pinet, keeping you busy. Then I mean, do, do, back yeah, to... but it's good. Oh, of course. And back to wolves. Where... You you left yep. in two thousand and three, and obviously Dave Jones yep. wasn't given any money, and and you were obviously watching from afar. And, and you see, but then you fast forward it years later, and the investment that's in the club now. I mean, I mean the ground's still fairly similar from when you was there, apart from the one stand. Yeah. But what's it like to to look at now and think, you know, you played a part in the club's history, and 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 how far they've developed now to the club they are.
0: Yeah, they've done fantastic, and, I, and I'm still I'm still looking out at their results and their scorelines, and I'm looking out at who's going to come in and manage it now because it's yeah. changed, changed again. So, but I think the, the the basis now of the football club it's where they want to be. It's at the top level. They yes. they want to improve. I, I think I heard someone say they, they've they finished 17 seventh and twelfth is that right and and something like that so they they they've got a the guy that comes in has yeah. got a lot to a- answer and and, and 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 improve upon if he can but at the same time the football club or all, all looks like it is where it should be and where it wants to be and let's hope it stays there you know I, again I've got a big affection for the football clubs. because I thoroughly enjoyed it there I thought the, the, the people that worked in the offices the people that worked upstairs the people that, that worked on match days there was a, a very much you know we're a, we're a one club town yes I, I, I managed to work at Burnley for a, for a short period of time and I thought if, if anybody if you saw anybody in Burnley walking around in a, in a Liverpool oh. shirt they, they they, they would get get into trouble and if you saw somebody at wolves in a different shirt yes. in Wolverhampton the same thing and I, I thought it was a, a one club city one club town you think that's brilliant that these, yeah. these this support the support is really important you know they they're not flying in from anywhere or traveling up from anywhere particularly they they live in Wolverhampton and they support their team which is brilliant.
1: I mean, John, you know what, you're quite right. theres There's been two seventh-place finishes, there's been a European quarter-final, there's been yeah. an FA Cup semi-final. I mean, listen, it's, it's yeah. some of the best football I've watched since those four yeah. games in 2000, 2001. Um, yeah. But it, listen, it, yeah. it, it, it's been amazing football, and whatever the decision, why it's been made, we are going to back and support the new manager, but I just think there was unfinished yeah. business for Nuno. I think it was very difficult to judge him on a season in the middle of a global pandemic, there was some ridiculous injuries <laughs> to some key players. And I just think yes. that, that maybe there was unfinished business, but you know, John, you've been on the receiving end of it. You've, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, listen, it's a volatile industry, isn't it? You know, you can yeah. be in a job one day and out of it the next.
0: Yeah. There might be a personal side to it as well. You yes. know, if your managers, families in a different country or yes. different places, etc., then in you know, four years away, I mean, I, I, I moved to the midlands 30 odd years ago because uh, you know that was that was we We'd had five houses. My kids oh. had had different schools, and my eldest daughter had sort of changed schools four times because there was a, there was a different changeover period at eleven, twelve years of age when he came up to the Midlands. So, I understand all those sort of family problems. And you know, my, mine were in the same country. If they're in, if they're in different countries, then I yes. think, and particularly with the pandemic, it's been pretty much impossible. So, there could be there could be all sorts of situations. But I think everybody's worked hard but found life very very different and very difficult over the last 12 months or more and 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 fair play for if,
1: if you know if he's got family to look after them they do become the priority yeah. And, and you know what, John, you're quite right. And that can be the unglamorous side of football. Listen, you know, yeah. Nuno's in a clearly different position with, you know, the wage structure and band that he's on. But obviously, at your time at the club, you've got mortgages, you've got bills, yeah. you know, you've got yeah. to you've got to stay in work. The wages weren't as they are today. And then, exactly. you know, you can't move your family all over the country. Like you said, York, Bristol, you're mm. up and down the country. It, it, you know, it's not as glamorous as people think sometimes, is it?
0: No, it's not. You know, I, I said we'd, when we came up here, I said we, we, there was um, actually I'd, I'd, the house. I was driving around looking looking at houses for sale. I stopped at one. Uh, they had got I got a ticket from, from a place. They put it up. They put it up five grand by the time I picked up from the estate agent to get to the front <laughs> door. When I when I the, front I manager's the on building. the way. And I, I came across a building site and uh, I, I went in to see the guy sat in the caravan and he said, yeah, we've got one in the corner. So when we get it started, so I said, what's the price? And it was the same price I was selling for in Watford. So I said to him, I'll have it. And he went, what do you mean? Aren't you going to have, have a good look at it? I said, no, it's just me. I'll have it. And, and I rang my wife and said, I bought a new house. She said, what's it like? I said, no, I haven't started yet. <laughs> and I thought, um, and we, we've been here ever since. So, but it was it. it, it, it so those crazy things that you you get involved with and, and yes. get done. And look, luckily, I got it right because we, we, I say we've been here. We, we're still together, and we've been here all that time. But oh. getting those things done are really important. And and getting my kids to schools and things like that was important yeah. at that time. I mean, they're they're all grown up and whatever now. But that time we, we we didn't want to to throw them out of the way. And, and as I keep saying, my wife's been absolutely brilliant because she's. She's done all that work and, and looked after the children and, you know, pretty much I've done I've done the hard yards out on the workplace
1: but We've, we've done it together, and that's that was really good oh that is that is amazing john and 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 finally um i i think I might know the answer but I might be wrong, but if you can look back at your your you know your time at wolves uh, those five years um you know very successful i'm hasten to add yeah what what you know if if you look at if you can pick one abiding memory and it puts a smile on your face, what is it john okay
0: the the smile on my face one is is winning one nil at Birmingham, I think, and a photograph of Colin Lee and myself holding hands (laughs) (laughs) and running running towards the wolves running towards the wall supporters to celebrate that that result it it makes me laugh every time I think about it I haven't got that photograph okay I don't think it's why didn't think it was wise having a photograph on the wall holding hands with yeah. the man so but I just remember that was put in the, one of the newspapers and and we but we we was that excited about winning a sort of local game if you like and, and and celebrating it the way that we did and the incidents that had happened in the game and I just thought I, 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 I see it occasionally now and I just I, I still got a sort of smile on my face called cracking do we really do that but yeah it's the strange things that you do sometimes
1: eh brilliant well John I want to thank you um I want to thank you for playing a part you know a very important pivotal part in in you know the history of the club in, in yep. helping us uh as you did in in taking over for those four games from Colin Lee, <laughs> and in playing your part in that fantastic player final win which eventually gave us our taste of, of Premier League and top flight football so John. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for all you've done for our wonderful club and you are welcome back on the Wolf Whistle podcast anytime. Top man. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoyed talking about it. Thank you. Thanks, John.